Hello, hello, hello. I am Dr. Andrea Greiner. And I'm Katie Corbin. Welcome to the Dreams to Dollars podcast, a podcast for entrepreneurs and professionals who are on their way to actualizing their dreams into reality. Join us in this lighthearted and unique podcast where we talk about business, success, life, and building a deeper trust in God and the universe. We are here to elevate the conversation and bring the magic to build your legacy. We're excited for you to be here. Can't wait to dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome to episode four. And in episode four, we're going to talk about the leadership of the CEO. And we're going to share qualities for you to begin to recognize and also cultivate in yourself. And when we say cultivate, it's almost like to bring more awareness to that area and then also to practice it. So cultivating the practice of the leadership quality, because leadership's not something, yes, some people might be more born leaders, but really leadership qualities and especially of the CEO is cultivated over time. So you also may recognize that there are areas in these qualities where you really maybe thrive in, and then there may be other areas that you might feel a little bit weaker in. So just pay attention to how you feel when we talk about these areas and pay attention to where you feel strong and also where you feel weak, because the weak areas are actually the ones that you probably want to work on more just than even the strong ones. Because sometimes the weak areas are the ones that we need to really look at and go like, dang, I don't really feel super strong in that area. So the first one we're going to talk about as a quality of a CEO leader is boldness. And boldness may even feel like a little triggery to people because it can be. When we talk about boldness, it's not about being like, here I am, I'm being really bold or bringing the attention to you necessarily, but it's being really defined and refined in what you stand for and what your beliefs are. And even if your beliefs are a little bit flexible, you could say like, well, I believe that this is something important to me. And then as you go through your time and your wisdom, that belief can also morph a little bit. Like you could say, well, through experience, I actually believe this even more. So boldness is where you can actually Stand in your beliefs and be bold when it comes to your business. And that means that you're willing to sell. You're willing to go to the spaces that make you feel uncomfortable. You're willing to allow yourself to expand into scaling your business or whatever it is. And this is a quality of boldness and almost will say bravery, courage, the willing to step outside of your comfort zone is the willing to be bold. And boldness is often not, it's cultivated. It's something that actually you learn over time, like how am I going to be bold? And what is bold to me? And how do I stand in my values? And how do I steer the ship of my company? And boldness is levels, right? So there's like people that may have like almost like I wouldn't say like too much bold, but there's like a high level of being bold. Like, I don't care what anybody else believes. This is what I believe. And this is what I think is right, right? That is a high level boldness. And then there's like lower levels of boldness. When I say lower, I just mean like there's a spectrum where you can be like, no, this is what I stand for. And this is what I believe in. But I also don't need to like wave a flag that this is like my belief and everybody else should be on the train that of what I believe. So It's interesting with boldness too as well. It can also feel like 
sometimes when we're trying to be more bold, we can also almost polarize to being more talking more or expressing our emotions more or allowing ourselves to feel seen and heard. And sometimes it can actually swing. If you feel sort of not bold, you can actually swing the other way and almost feel like, wow, am I being too bold? So this again is a cultivation process and allowing yourself to really stand in your values, your passions, what you stand for, what you almost like foresee in your business, even the impact that it has. So for example, if somebody has really a bold vision, like they want to change the way the medical system is done, that's a bold vision. But almost like in that boldness, there's steps to really cultivate that. Like, how are you going to do it? What do you stand for? What are your values? How do you believe by being bold that it's going to create an impact and a change? So this is not like a one-off thing where you're like, all of a sudden I'm bold and this is how I am. It's actually a cultivation process that happens over time where you become more and more bold in your values. Yeah. And I want to add an example of a lot of clients that Katie and I see. So we have a lot of clinicians that are wanting to move online. And there's a huge level of boldness that is required from that. It's one thing to build something in a brick and mortar. And it's almost like Katie and I have both done this. It's this moving from one-to-one. Now you can still do one-to-one online, but like this idea that like moving into social media and selling. We both have done it and it takes a big level of boldness that we've noticed our clinicians or anyone with a brick and mortar moving into that space. It's new. It's unfamiliar. It can be kind of scary and it does require a boldness to step into that space and be like, okay, I'm not just going to share pictures of my puppy dogs or other people's posts or it's like, It really asks you to just like Katie said, show up with your values, show up with like, what are your bold beliefs that you're really here that do contribute not only as a CEO to your business, but your dreams that you're creating within your business, within your life, within your body. And I would say we do a pretty good job of helping people or our clients. What is this? Like develop. Sometimes we have to develop boldness, which sounds really strange. I like when we use the courage, the term courage, like helping take that courageous act. It is a courageous act to move from something, a clinician into having an online presence. Very courageous. It's very different. We're not taught that in, in schools and in that type of area. So this is an area that Katie and I really witness. And also I would say give contribute to our clients that are in that. Now, can you also have boldness and as a clinician, not moving online? Absolutely. That's also necessary. So I was say this is also true in all professions. We'll say like from a clinician standpoint, this is true if you're a lawyer and you want to have a global presence. This is true if you are a local business and you're expanding out into a franchise. This is true if you own a company that is a professional service company and you want to create a global product. And that's really where the boldness is often cultivated, almost like in the risk and the willingness to be courageous and to be brave and to go into that base of your dreams as you become more congruent and bold in your efforts. Which leads us right into number two is willing to be willing. And I would say one and two go together and they also stand alone. 
And this is something we're seeing in our individual businesses, within our clients, this willingness to kind of do it. You have a dream. You might know it's possible sometimes, and you might also be like, (laughs) you have these moments of in between the willingness to say, even sometimes, like, I don't know how, and I'm willing to go forward and make the steps or do the steps or often be the energy of what it is. And it's, how do you cultivate willingness, Katie? Because I think we have it. And I know we have clients that have it and we have clients that don't have it. So I never even kind of asked this question. How do you cultivate willingness? Well, I would say willingness is brought about with your sort of your ultimatums. So are you willing to be uncomfortable? Sometimes the answer is actually like, no, that's actually where a lot of people stop in the process where is like, are you really willing to do this? And some people actually like, they're not willing, you know, that sort of like, yeah, but it's not like, yes, I am willing (laughs) to do this. And I'm also willing not just to do that, but to do sort of like whatever it takes minus like the things like you're not willing to do. So the things that maybe you're not willing to do are a few things. Like I'm not willing to compromise my family the process of me going after my dreams. And that doesn't mean that I'm not going to continue to get up every day and do the things that I desire to do, but I'm going to build that around my willingness to make sure that I watch my kids grow up, are there and be able to take vacations and do the things that I desire. I'm not willing to compromise that for my business, but I'm also not willing to almost make the excuse like that's going to hold me back. So what do I do even like with my time? So that's the thing. You got to be willing to make it work for what you are willing to do. So I think it's actually doing almost like being willing is like is a process of defining your priorities and your values and then basing the priorities and values on what you are willing to do and then not making the excuses around almost like, well, you are willing to do that. But then it's like, well, you're not willing to be uncomfortable. Well, you're not going to get to that then. So you need to be willing to be uncomfortable in situations and to feel weird and to feel crazy and to, you know, whatever it is. So willingness is such a, somebody with like a really strong will, you almost like develop that through time. Now I do believe, and this is my belief that I do think that certain people are sort of born with stronger wills than others. And then I would say most people though, it's developed over time. It's cultivated. Yeah. What I love about what you said too is I think about helping people create what they want in their business and having the roadmap to that. So you talked about beliefs, which I love, like, what are your values? What are your beliefs? And then what I also get about this is like, okay, let's say their target is 20, 30, 40 K months and you roadmap what that is, what type of offers that's going to take, what type of effort and time that's going to take. And then even doing like, are you willing to do that? This target is going to take this amount of work or energy or stuff, time. For us, it's time, you know, even with the podcast, even with our co-creation. And and we're pretty much always a yes because we're like, hell yeah, like we're willing. And I think cultivating that even just what we're talking about for your, I love what Katie talked about values, but also for targets you have in your business. And getting really clear, like so many people are just like running their businesses by the seat of their pants. Okay, hit 150K. Now I'm going to hit 200K. Maybe they don't have quite that roadmap or 300K 
They don't quite have that roadmap. So they can't even ask themselves, am I willing to do that? Is it going to take 20 hours? You know, Katie and I talk a lot about this individually and with our clients. It's like, oh, this is going to take some more time. Are we willing to do it? Yes. Okay, if we do this event, it's going to take X, Y, and Z to do that. Are we willing to do it? Yes. What a great way to start. Are you even willing? And there's no shame if you aren't. There's no shame. Right. Yes. You're not, right? Like, like, okay, I'm not. Like, what else? Yeah. (laughs) You know? I think that there's so much energy of like right and wrong, but just asking, am I willing to do that? I have this dream. I have this target. And like almost building backwards, Katie and I love numbers. We love systems. We love to get an idea of what it's really going to take for that to happen. And then to just ask yourself, is this something I'm willing to do? And you're going to get so much more feedback by just asking a question. Absolutely. And I'll share a story even like for the listeners too as well. There's moments where you you may not feel like you're willing. So I actually had a back injury after I had my daughter and it really wiped me pretty well out with pain. And I've always been very athletic and I never really dealt with this bodily injury that took a year, over a year to fully heal. And I remember sometimes like literally laying on the floor and being like, are you willing to even get up? in this moment and continue what you're doing. And it was, my daughter was really young and I had some support, but then I was also working in my business. And I literally had to ask myself, like, are you still willing? Because at that moment I could have said, no, you know, I wouldn't be here today too, doing what I'm doing probably. If in that moment I wasn't willing, even if I was lying on the floor, (laughs) like, And I had to be like, even those moments where you have to be like, I'm lying on the floor right now. Am I willing to get up? And those moments actually, that cultivates willingness because you're willing to do it no matter what. And am I willing to work through? Am I willing to heal it? Am I willing to allow? I could have said, no, I'm not. I'm not willing. There would have been a different path. So you can find willingness also in the moments where you maybe feel like you just asked the question where you almost feel defeated or you feel set back or you feel like you've lost your dreams. Like, are you still willing to go forth into that? And then the answer is usually pretty clear of a yes or a no. Yeah. So the third one that we want to talk about is our relationship with responsibility and to responsibility. So when we say this, This is almost like your view on what is being responsible. Because in business, we're responsible for a lot of things, right? Especially as a CEO. So you're responsible for the vision. If you build your business from the ground up, you are probably the provider or the service provider. You were doing the work, right? Especially as you went from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur, that there's a lot of hats that you're going to wear. Sometimes you wear the service provider hat and you wear the CEO hat and you wear the admin hat and you wear the bookkeeper hat and you wear you wear all these hats. And often when you actually like develop more leadership qualities, you're actually going to often have more responsibility. And what is your relationship? Because a lot of times people actually avoid responsibility. And this is really easy to do because It's like if you have so much responsibility, you can also feel weighted if you feel like responsibility has to look a certain way or you have to act a certain way or you have to be a certain person. Sometimes in the ways that you review responsibility, if you can shift that and go like, yeah, actually, I like this responsibility. I like numbers or I like being the business owner and I like have a bookkeeper and I like my working with my accountant and I like these things. 
But if you see it as like a detrimental responsibility, you're probably going to not want to cultivate a higher level of leadership. And actually, when you view responsibility as like a heavy weight or something to bear, like a burden, that the responsibility is something unwanted, that oftentimes you only stay at a certain level of comfort. And that comfort can be almost as if, well, I'm comfortable here and I'm only comfortable with this level of responsibility. So I can't go outside of that. And if you have a big vision, you'll probably find yourself at a certain level, like the sort of of responsibility where you're like, I can't take on any more responsibility. And that's sometimes where your dream tends to stall out. Now, it doesn't mean that you just had a baby and then in two more years, like I'm going to go forth into that responsibility now because I feel like I have the capacity to do it. So just check your relationship with responsibility and how you're reviewing what being responsible is or how you're seeing like responsibility as a burden to bear or you're really like you're excited about what if you had the responsibility of a seven and eight a nine figure business and like what would that feel like to you because sometimes we actually can stop in the process because of that barrier which i think builds very nicely into number four which is community and team building because you might have well that relationship with responsibility and, t- and bringing the business to that next level you're like I can't do all this I'm at 200k hey got no more time now what you know and it's like oh now as the leader of my business it's time to build my team because at some point I think Katie and I are very strategic and have a lot of systems so it's like do it in a smart way. I'm probably not going to invest. I'm going to invest in a way that feels really good for my nervous system so that I can build my A team in a way that feels really good. Now, I probably wouldn't add 10 people all at once. That's just me. Now, some people might add 10 people because it it like quadruples their revenue. So the relationship responsibility can go right into the community you're leading the team you're building to help you lead and really like start with a team. And if you can't, obviously you can do B. I mean, funny that A is top, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's funny how that is there, but and yeah, like also if you can't have an A team, but you start with a B or whatever CD, it's like, whatever number, pick a number, just starting to share that responsibility. If it's really hindering your ability to grow your business and be a leader, I have a dog outside my door. So hang tight one second. Yeah. So really, this is also the ability to build a team in the way that your company is actually growing, right? So this is sometimes people will actually like, you know, on depending on the rate of growth in a company that sometimes you can actually sometimes add people too fast or subtract people's too fast. So, so actually cultivating the level of team building and your ability to see like where the delegation needs to come, where the roles need to be defined, what roles are even there, and also the company culture too as well. So this also goes into team building is recognizing what is the company culture and that that team that you're building needs to be conducive with that culture of the company. Because sometimes we actually can hire people for just like skill set. But if they actually don't tend to fit into the company culture, it's almost as a depending on what kind of company, obviously, and huge companies, but companies with small teams often um, hire more for personality and 
fitting into the company culture and like the purpose and the drive and like skills can often be learned. Now that's not true of like licensed skills, like a doctor or a lawyer or an acupuncturist or whatever that is. Like you need that level of skills and regulation and all the things. But when your team building is almost like a whole subset of leadership, but we just wanted to mention this and some basics around it, because this is a quality of a CEO when you recognize who needs to be on my team, what do they need to do, what kind of team player am I going to bring onto my team? And that really, it's the role of leadership that gets defined when you go from a solopreneur to an entrepreneur. Anything that comes outside of you and then other people are doing tasks or doing the skills or giving the service or doing the admin work or doing the social media or whatever it is. It's like that building is a skill set to be cultivated. Now, the truth about this one is too as well. This one's a massive topic, especially around leadership and team building. When you look at big, huge companies, I mean, this is something that's cultivate in the company every year, every day. They hire people for specific team building. So start small. If you're building teams, start small with team building and learn as you go. The other thing too as well is there's so many resources out there on leadership and team building that you can actually build this skill set yourself, but also you can hire out in ways that can actually help you to learn more avenues that you may not have known by just doing it from experience. So again, I just want to preface that by saying that this part of the leadership qualities is a really big topic. And we just wanted to break it down into a couple qualities that you can start to cultivate and think about when you build teams. Yeah, that's like a whole semester that we could. It's like a whole year. (laughs) It's like a whole year. Yeah. You know, it's years, honestly. Some of the stuff takes years to cultivate, but some of the basics. And I feel like even with team building for me, it's almost like something I've experienced and also something that I'm always willing to work on. Yeah. And I think asking what type of leader you are and what type of community and what type of team and all of those, just like Katie said, starting small. So We will leave that there knowing that that is a very big topic to discuss future and knowing that that was not its completed incompletion. It's not the completion cycle of that. It's not the completion of that one. And a lot of these, you know, we're bringing forth the qualities we really recognize and help our clients with and each other as well. So number five, this is a, a good one. You will hear us talk about this always, forever, indefinitely. And that is consistency and like consistency, knowing that it won't always look the same every day. Katie and I together, we talk about it with our co-creation. We talk about it with clients. It's like, we're not static beings. Sometimes I'm happy. Sometimes I'm sad. Sometimes I have three kids and they're all losing their shit at the same time. And it's like, oh my God, how do I show up as a mother? And how do I show up in my business? And we know It's funny because I think I could talk about consistency every single day because I know how much it makes a difference when people really step into this in their business and as leaders and how it's so dynamic with how it contributes to your business when you are consistent. That doesn't mean you're perfect and are always like in the same mood and all the different things. No, we recognize that we're always changing. Now, can you create systems so that you are consistent every day? Yes. And if you have this consistency as a leader in your business, you will find that so much your business takes this steady growth every day. Yes. 
And I will say too, like off of consistency, especially for leadership quality, and this is not something that everybody might agree with, but it's almost like the thing that I also personally value is like consistency, but also with authenticity. So it's like the ability to be show up every day and be like, you know, sometimes we are going to have bad days, but it's a lot easier even from the leadership quality to be like, you know what, like even your team being like, I'm having a really hard day right now. And I know that not everybody will agree with that too as well. But sometimes even that transparency with just being authentic and like not being like letting your team think it's like them or it's like if you can be transparent and authentic in your process of leadership, like showing up, but also knowing that you're human at the same time. And we have things that happen in our human life. And to allow that to be part of the values of your leadership, I do find that sometimes there's like almost like a stigma out there that leaders need to just be brave and they're never break down and they never have problems and they just show up and they're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, not when you're leading, especially like a company that wants to make impact and change and allowing to, you know, help humanity. It's like almost that authenticity and that transparency is also going to make it a lot, I want to say like easier, but a lot of times people tend to gravitate towards that of like, well, they're still human. And this is actually going to lead into our number six of the qualities to recognize, right? And cultivate. It's almost as if this can get into superiority complexes. So when you want to cultivate leadership, but you also want to stay humble, right? And stay real and stay raw and not have to be above anybody or make anybody below anybody. It's almost like developing the quality of a little bit of vulnerability and a little bit of transparency here too as well, where if you are leading your team and you're the CEO of the company, or even like you're leading your clients or your patients or whatever it is, coming from a place of we're the same. We're both humans. We're sitting eye to eye. I may have cultivated different things than Andrea, but we're not superior to one another. Nobody is more of a leader than the other. And this is true when you develop almost like that quality of the CEO. And again, people may argue with this. They may say like, well, all leaders are superior to their followers. Well, not necessarily in our world anyways. So allowing yourself just to be like, well, I want to be a leader, but I also want to be humble and I want to be real. And I want to be that person that somebody knows that they can come to and I'm not unaccessible or whatever it is. So I do find that there are, especially in these type of times where social media is, is rampant with all these types of leaders and you can just get on alive and talk about this or that and then people start to follow them. There is a rampant quality to superiority complexes in certain types of, I would say, all industries. So cultivating leadership does not mean that you have to cultivate a superiority complex along with it. And I guess some people might like, I mean, do people like that? It may fulfill them in life. Right. Or that's the dynamic that you're used to. So you might not recognize it. Katie and I have, are kind of always on the lookout. We've experienced this in our own worlds of investing and it feels, and also as doctors, as clinicians, I definitely had a white coat and I told people things that now looking back, I'm like, dang, like wow, I wish I had said something different now knowing what I know. And that's okay, because I can create that retribution by how I am now and how I lead. And that you don't have to lead 
like you see some people on Facebook or coaches, or I personally have a thing for superiority with the guru. Someone is your guru. It's like, we are all just as we've talked about in the previous podcast was like, you are your power. When you become that, there really is no guru. The superiority doesn't even need to exist. And you will actually attract more of your clients of your dream when you lead in that authentic leadership role instead of needing to be like, well, I know everything. Because I mean, really, once you really like, it's impossible for us to know every single thing and that we're really moving into much more of a co-creative space in businesses. Now, are you still the CEO? Yes. Are you still the leader? Yes. Do often will you have the in choice to say, yes, that adds to my business and no, it doesn't. Yes. You get to choose how you're going to lead your business, your community, your team, your clients. And we're saying like, this is how we lead. We lead with a co-creation energy with your voice matters. And we are all powerful. All of us, every single one of us. Yes. And it's true because it's easy to fall into that wayside where a leader needs to be superior or we need to wear the white coat. And there is a sense of authority there, right? It's like almost as if a lot of it can create like that sense of authority, but you also can sit down and look at somebody in the eye and say like, I'm with you. Like I see you. It's a little bit different than looking down upon somebody or to say like, oh, I know it all. Like who the hell knows everything? And if they do, run, right? Like if they're saying that they know everything or they're 99, 9.9%, 100% sure on something. It's like anybody that's embodied in this body, in this world is still has the aspects of humanity. Anybody that is outside of that, even like, you know, some people will follow gurus and stuff like that. You are your own guru at the base. And that is a choice that you can make. It's just leeching power into something outside of you. So We love this topic and thanks for listening to this topic, especially, especially if you're a CEO, leadership is something that I feel like is an ongoing evolution and you're going to be continuing to work on this for the rest of your entrepreneurial season. So don't think that you need to immediately, oh, I got to develop this or that, like give yourself space around what you feel like you need to cultivate more in this moment. And allow yourself to be almost like an evolution of you around the leadership of who you're, you want to be. Yeah. The leadership of your life. It can be business and your life. So go forth and enjoy. And again, always share with us. We're cheering you on. Ask us questions. Reach out to us. Join our communities. You'll see all those links below. And we're sending y'all lots of love. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Dreams of Dollars podcast. If you vibe with our content and want to find out how to work with us, check out our show notes for the links.